Welcome to When Will It End? It's a movie podcast where we watch the movies. We start with the first in the series in a franchise, and we watch all the subsequent sequels, and we ask ourselves, are they good, or is it quite shit? And we're starting a new series today. Charles, welcome to the show. I really hate that. What do you hate that I introduce you? I hate that... No, I, that's fine. I'm, I don't want to introduce anything, but mm-hmm. I hate that you boil this show down to... We watch, watch the, the movies, movies. We do. and we tell you whether it's good. Hold on. <laughs> I hate that. Is there anything inaccurate about yes. that sentiment? What? I've, t- I've said this before. I'll oh, say it again. God. And you know what? When I'm done, I'll also say I said what I said. Right. You know, Allison, my beautiful girlfriend, Allison, yeah. started doing that independent of you. I what? said what I said. It's, wow. It is driving me crazy. That's weird. I've accused her of collaboration. <laughs> and by the way, we are sitting in, a, in my father's uh, basement office what does he do down here nothing anymore we but like there's like a, 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 a keith hernandez baseball <laughs> card on the wall there's a lot God. of jazz posters a moxie sign this is like close to one of those things where the police bust into a house <laughs> and discover the secret room all we need we do is like yarn connecting some of these posters and it's like what they what they would, they, what they would find out is evidence that my father is a dork the great hero villain switcheroo well, you must not context. miss the Silver Age, an untold epic from another era in twelve all new block. Why is it's that a DC? Up, you didn't the one piece like of information you left out is that it's a DC comics poster that has uh, like beloved images of classic heroes. Why does it. he have that? Because he likes he likes of the heroes, and it's he reads of the books and all tells right, us so they're good for listeners at home. The, I'm, I'm going to take a picture of this. We're going to put it on. Is that invasive? It is definitely invasive. I'm going to paint you a picture. You can take a picture. I don't care. Hitchcock. Um, Josh, what does that say? I can't read that. I don't know. You're looking at something behind me. How would I know what it it's says? Bu- you can't even see it. But there's it's, a, there's a, it's, here, here's a, a, a real uh, rarity down here. A Sports <laughs> Illustrated cover with the Jets succeeding. Yeah, that was my right, – uh, I was going to get just, to that moment. Uh, <laughs> I stole it from you, buddy. Stole it. Um, yes. Today we're starting a new series of film. And when Excited. I say film, I'm not talking about – Oh, I have made the art film where the beggar boy dies in the street. We're talking about a movie, a fun movie, where there's women in middress, midriff revealing shirts. That's all. There's men who are muscular and very upset about cars and friendship and, more importantly, family. But we'll no! Get to, what? We're going to get to that. Family. This uh, is... This is what I want to say before we get into the movie. Can I ask you a question real quick? Okay, fine. What did you put in that sandwich? What sandwich? That's the first, that's Dom Toretto's first line in the whole series. And All you right. forgot. You're atrophied brain. You go, you, you're like full Biden mode where you go to sleep for one night and you wake up like, where am I? What I do is this. Listen up, Jack. I, well, first of all, yes, I, I, uh, I tell everyone that disagrees with me that they must do push-up competitions with me. Oh, and you have a childhood stutter that emerged when you were <laughs> 78. <laughs> After two brain surgeries. But anyway, that's beside the point. This isn't a politics podcast. We're not from the dirt bag left. We're from the clean and 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 concise uh, film middle world. We don't have political opinions. That's correct. We like of the movies. We watch of the movies. Thank you. We're journalists. We tell you what's good. That's the whole show. We tell you where it goes. Yeah. Um. I. I just. I think what I want to do because. I'm coming at this series. We're watching. I don't know if you said it. Fast and the Furious. Watching the Fast and the Furious movies. We're you saw the, the the title of the episode. You know. Don't be coy. Podcast even though listener. we're apparently this is called the Fast Saga. 
I'm calling it the Furies verse because it rolls off the tongue really nice. The, it sounds like the Furies verse, to be honest. The Furious verse. I'm just really worried that people are going to be coming to this expecting some really good yiff content. <laughs> hey, who knows? <laughs> who knows? There might be. I've never seen Too Fast, Too Furious. There could be furries in it. We don't know. Oh, God, oh my God. That would be because of what? It comes out a year later? Two years later? Pretty quickly. I think, yeah. I think two years later. I think the midriff stuff is still going to be pretty big, but there might be a little furry moment. Who knows? We can hope and pray and dream. Here's what I'm saying. All I know about this series is from basically four onward. I've seen three, but I, I remember it not really being a huge part of the the franchise. And you mentioned the word family. I think that's what most people know about this series. This is a chronicle of family. This is a chronicle of what a franchise sets up to do, what it never intended to do, and what other people do instead. So we don't watch the movies, Josh. We don't tell you what's good, Josh. We do both of those things. We chronicle an experience. We take in an entire cinematic universe, and we live there. This is me and Charles in a nutshell. You know, Charles is is tech startup. Charles is, I'm a savior of the world. Okay, here's me. I made a delicious tuna sandwich. No crust. Just eat the sandwich. Oh, so you're saying you're the Paul Walker. Well, I'm Mia. I'm Mia. You ask blonded. You're Mia? I'm Mia makes a sandwich at Toretto's. Oh, my God. Okay. Paul Walker, a.k.a. Brian Spilker, a.k.a. Brian O'Connor. Here's the deal, Brian. You can change your first name when you go undercover. (laughs) I hadn't seen this movie in so long. It had been many, many years. What what struck us rewatching it is like how slavishly this is devoted to Point Break, which, you know, I guess like many cop and robber movies, I'm not saying Point Break invented the dynamic of the cop robber, like the the, the relationship that develops between the the hunter and the prey, Mm. when the prey becomes the hunted. That's, I think, a pretty classic story uh, as the the dawn of time. Most dangerous game. Probably the most uh, parodied and... What's it called? When you do something that someone else has done, but do it again. Remake? Yeah. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. That's cool. Just like, like my little winks before I. You remakes. were winking right at me. I was, I was just doing a Biden. Is that you saying a, a save me? Like yeah. This is elder abuse. <laughs> uh, anyway, just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, full bail. Yeah. This is great. We're care, not man. even 10 minutes in and you've just, uh, you're like, left this plane whatever. of existence. Yeah, Get a drink of that hot brown. Eh. Le chat. My mom's mug. My mom's mug. I'm taking this, by the way. Don't take it. I don't it. know how you fucking got this. Don't take it. it. My, uh, my, my mom has the same mug Charles' That's mom crazy. has. It's Our a New England mom united. rule. Yeah, do you think there's a like a, some sort of link? A league of New England moms. You think that's how we met? A league of oh. extraordinary moms. Do you think they're in the league of extraordinary moms? Do you think they met at the, at the same at the, the the mug store? No, I like, think hey, we should have dumb kids. This should make a terrible no, show. No, they met at the league, Josh. Oh, the league. Forgive me. They all wore costumes, and they're like, "All right, our sons will be friends one day." Okay, so in They'll Fast make a and podcast Furious, where they watch the movies. It's great that we're also doing a series that's like so universally beloved, and well, like we're going to bring so little to this that I'm excited. We do have one <laughs> shtick. We made, we did some. I think I'm proud of our feature, our featurette, our sidebar. We're going to do what's that? I made the list last night. I oh yeah, it. we've got guys. We have got a feature coming up. You're going to want to stick around to see what the feature is. Room, room. Yeah, and if we had ads or anything, this would be a moment where we take a break and you listen to an ad. Yeah, also just touch your foot with my foot. Yeah, that was nice. I know. I didn't expect that. We both have feet, Josh. We both have feet. Hey, here's the thing. All my socks have holes in them now. Why? I don't know, Jack. 
<laughs> okay, so Fast and the Furious, like, so okay, so what's so funny about this to me is that everyone makes fun of Keanu's performance in Point Break for being like wooden weird. and and it's a strange. It's a performance. weird take. I mean, it's a great performance. It's I think it's a weird take. I think that's... it's a great performance. I think once you like, I think we have surpassed. We don't watch Point Break with a shred of irony. I genuinely think that's a brilliant movie. I think Catherine Bigelow's commentary on men and movies and using a high-profile, like, big-budget Hollywood blockbuster to tell a fascinating story about male relationships, that's very emotional and very out of character for the the genre she's, I'm not going to say parodying, but sort of creating, like, a meta text for. Yeah. And that's why his performance works. Yeah. Because it's all within that context. Right, and just to to, re, to revisit some of the key points of Point Break, um, you have Keanu Reeves playing Johnny Utah, who is a celebrity college quarterback who is now an undercover FBI agent who does not change his name while going undercover <laughs> to become a surfer. It's just fucking awesome. Everything about that movie is perfect. And in the movie, famously, you know, you have Patrick Swayze, who's this golden California beach god with, like, flowing, just gorgeous locks, and he's ripped and tan. And then you have the woman who Keanu Reeves is paired off with romantically, who's wonderful. It's Tank Girl. She has a real name. But I'm just going to call her Tank Girl, because that's, let's be real, Tank Girl. It's the best thing anyone's ever done. Uh, and, and she's Tank Girl? Yeah, just Tank Girl. I know, but that's the best thing anyone's ever done. I don't know. It's pretty good. <laughs> like, I've never seen it. It's good, man. I think I, I went to a midnight screening, but immediately fell asleep. Well, that's, maybe it was the wrong time to go to midnight screening. I think so. I think I'm done with those. Yeah. I think I will just fall asleep. We Actually, we started this movie after. Oh, it was like 1130. It was late. But I mean, like, I'm what? so old now. Like, the night before our record, I was in Ithaca, New York for a harsh noise wall show. Mm, where you and wore a bag on your head. I wore a bag in my head while the great French master of harsh noise while Vomir played. It was great. Uh, we all put on our black plastic bags and stood in stillness as nothingness enveloped over consciousness. And we Did anyone our... not wear the bag? Yeah, it wasn't like required. He was okay. very polite. He went around handing out bags. He was like, hey, wear the bag, it's good, sort of thing. He was great. A lovely person. Um, but that show ended at 10 o'clock, and I was ecstatic. Wow. It started at 7, ended at 10, and I was like, this is... Because that same tour was going to New York. People were like, oh, you're going to go to the big show in New York? And I was like, the show in Ithaca ends at 10 o'clock. I can be in bed. <laughs> it's sick. So, yeah, I'm with you. Because we were in Boston, too, recently. And you're like, we could go to the midnight screening. And I was like, ha, 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 that's in four and a half hours. No. Yeah. Anyway. yeah it's, it's, not, it's not the time, though. This For a movie that – I mean, we'll get into the movie in a, in a minute. But for a movie that is – Hour 47. Quite, yeah, hour 47 and monotonous. It's very, it's a lazy, weird, boring movie. Okay, but hold on. So, but it's like, this is a movie to fall asleep to, honestly. Like, this is one that, yeah, even if you don't want to, it's like background static. It's a luller. It's a luller. And I somehow stayed awake the whole time. I think it's because I just was so transfixed. It's my first time. Mm. So transfixed by how small and rudimentary and just like, I was just waiting for something real and important to happen the whole time. So I think that's why I made it. We'll, we'll get into the absolutely fucking befuddling structure of this movie later. But, you know, I, as I said, watching the movie, like, it's one of these weird things where, you know, we're watching this in the in the echoes of history. So, like, if I didn't know this was the beginning of, like, what has become the most, like, indelible action franchise in American history, I would be it would be like, what a weird, boring, tossed off oddity, you mm-hmm. know. 
Because it's a big swing of a movie, which to give it a lot of credit, even though a lot of it doesn't really work, it's a big swing. Yeah. But like, like watching it as like, oh, this is that's the first time Dom gives someone a beer. That's the first time someone right. says family. Like, because like you, you, then it's a weird. So we're watching it from that vantage point. Yeah, and it's but, a very strange place to watch it from. But to, to to reel this in for a minute, in Point Break, basically, Keanu gets like a female surrogate for his male feelings towards the criminal that he is becoming infatuated with. Yeah, he gets to fuck someone, but... But not not, not Pat. But it's Swayze, like... Swayze, which is a huge fucking problem with that movie. Because that'd be, what, a scene? No, I disagree. You think the restraint is what gives it that erotic... Yeah, quality? absolutely. Yeah. I think that... Because if he did, then I honestly, I think, especially when it was released, it would have been... No one would have watched it. That's true. The, the... It's subversive quality comes from its restraint, I understand. Yeah. Okay, so in this movie, they, they completely photocopy that exact dynamic where now instead of Dom, Paul Walker can fuck his sister, Mia. Yeah. <laughs> who's like, uh, I, I don't know. I have nothing bad to say about Mia per se. I, I, I don't think no, it's, a, don't it's a terribly well-written character or a great performance per se, but she's doing her thing. God bless her. And it's just funny that in this movie they're like, Paul gets to fuck almost Vin, Vin's sister. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like a weirder, it's like a little less... Like, in, in Point Break, they both have had relations with Tank Girl, and that makes that dynamic, that gives it this edge to it, this, what? like, competitive edge. Like, she's, like, the battleground yeah. for their con- conflicting emotions. And in this, it's like, no, she's literally a, another Toretto. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just a different maybe Toretto. maybe what they were going for was the, like, brother character protecting the sister. Mm. And they sort of briefly talk about it, but it never comes up. You break her heart, I'll break your neck. Yeah, and, like, and then he turns out to be a cop, and he doesn't. That's that moment is absolutely crazy. <laughs> the fact that a police officer who is his mortal enemy, he says, "What? I'd rather tap than go back. I'd rather I'd rather die than go back." Why did he say tap? I don't know. <laughs> Why the fuck do you do any of the things? I thought that you was do? like cool crime slang for die. Uh, your foot again. <laughs> I know. Right? It's a moment we just shared. Um, I don't know why you thought that, which is it's insane. You would make me articulate. I'd rather that tap. Phrase. I'm gonna I'm gonna update the quote page and I'm to be that. I'd rather tap than go back. You should look up the quotes that people pull for. The, I'm not kidding. You should look it up. What do you want me to do? I don't do this ever. Just just. How do you type and mic at the same time? Like be an adult and use one. Just just type in Fast and the Furious IMDb. It's there we go. There, look at him go. Um, wow. Yeah. Okay. So this movie is about Fast and the Furious is mostly type your left hand. Paul Walker plays Brian O'Connor, the undercover cop, who works for a sub Joe Pantoliano, but still Ugh. very, very fine. The character actor playing is his boss. I liked though. There's this one great part, you know, where I wasn't expecting this. Can you look up the name of the actor who plays his boss? Yeah, because the first boss? person in the movie to well, say Sergeant f- Tanner, the f- first person in the movie to say family. Is- oh, we're getting to that. Well, I'm just saying, like, it's a weird part. So, a- no, I just I want this is a moment. Okay. To me, all this movie, all this movie franchise is his family. Right. It's like it's it, it's the most. It's everything. It's it's you can make fun of it. You can believe in it. Family is the word for this movie, and I think we should chronicle every use of the word family. I'm well, fine. That's great. But I'm just saying we can't just like we can't just breeze through. This is a door. This is a magnificent door we're opening. Dare I say a portal? Yeah, I would call it a portal. Well, I'm going to... That's gonna, a French word for door. I'm going to introduce our, seg- our, our our featurette because I think that it plays into that because I would argue in these movies the visual representation... We're doing both? That, wait, Josh. Can we, they're can little... they're complementary. Are you sure you want to do this? We have, yes. We were opening one door into a second door and opening that door at the same time entering into a beautiful playground of mingling sensibilities. 
Yeah, fine. That, whatever that All is. Right. Okay. Because here's what I'm trying to say. In these movies, the visual, the visual companion to the concept of family comes in the unassuming form <laughs> of an offered <laughs> Corona extra. <laughs> when you get that Corona from Dom, if you're at the barbecue, let's say you're Jesse, let's say you're Vince. Let's I want to be those. Let's say you're, I want to be anything. Right. If you're given a Corona by Dom Toretto or drink a Corona in the presence or company of Dom Toretto in an affable state, you're, that is the visual indication of Familia. And I, I, I don't want to rush to the Familia thing, but having seen Fast Five several times, the moment where they all clink Coronas and he goes, me Familia, is one of the, is one of the great moments in American think, film. I think that's why people think that Fast Five reinvented the franchise. It did. because that, well, we'll find out, I guess. We will find out. But that's what I've been told. Yeah. And I do think that it's moments like that where they like – that's why I'm curious about this family thing because for me, this whole franchise is family because I'm so familiar with five, six, seven, and eight. Mm-hmm. And that's like all they fuck. They fucking love. It's all about family. That's why when Charlize <laughs> Theron with the white dread steals the baby, sure. it's a whole thing. Um, so you know the Shaw is about family. Well, it's, it's uh, uh, Shaw's sister. mama and, and they both go back. They got homelands. They got homelands. It's all about family. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's beautiful. Maybe that's why I don't really relate to these movies. Because your family's fucked up. It's just yeah. weird. You got a weird family. Yeah, I don't even know it's weird. But in a way, I like to think you've been brought into the Josh family. I'm in, I'm in your dad's secret lair. It's true. How many people have been in this lair? <laughs> that lived? No. <laughs> You're saying he brings people in? Okay, it's we carpeted, we, we, Josh. There's I no know. way he's slaughtering people hard to tell that. No, but the carpeting could be over bloodstained concrete. Um, oh. Okay, so we chronicled every Fun beverage reference. in this movie we because sure there's did. a lot of conspicuous drinking in this movie. I want to admit that, and I'm going to ask, I'm going to throw to you on this. When Paul Walker first drives up to Toretto's, mm-hmm. the family garage slash diner, um, Toretto, <laughs> Dom himself. <laughs> I is, thought about that, They too. dispense with the diner part of it. Almost immediately, we get one scene in the diner where he eats a crustless tuna salad sandwich, which is an insane person's order. Yeah, uh, the, I mean, that was the only believable part of this movie, was like making fun of him for ordering a crustless. Like, that detail lands. Hold on, calling Vince 24 late in the movie was the, I, I lost my mind at Wait, what? Point. When they call Vince 24. I don't even know what you're referring Remember, to. Remember, they, they, like, he's like, I got a guy down. He's 24. And I was like, that guy's 24? No oh, fucking right. way. He's age. No I thought you were like, using code. Like, I thought he said 44. Line. And I was like, that guy's not 44 <laughs> either. It'd be really weird if he was 44. But he's like definitely like 34. So been, everyone knows I've been watching Buffy. It's, just, it's an ongoing part of this podcast. I mean, we never really talk about it, but I bring it up every once in a while. I'm happy. I'm now in season four. Mazel tov. Yeah, the best season. The actor who plays... Um, the Boyfriend? Know. No, what's 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 the main boy? In the Xander. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah he's yeah. obviously in his thirties at this point. He takes he he goes downhill pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. But he he, he struggled with the uh, what Nicholas? What's his name? I can't remember his name. He struggled with uh, substance abuse. Stuff. Oh, he did. Yeah, that's sort of sad. I think it's a bit of a. But it's like it's interesting to see like especially low budget shit like Fast and the Furious, the first one. They just wrangled together. It's forty million dollars. It's not like. The lowest. I mean, I just want to compare it. So this is a good moment to compare. Uh, we're st- no, hold on. We're getting into the fucking beverage. Oh my god, we can't have a third door open, a side door, while we very slowly walk. Fine, we'll come. We'll back get to into this the door. budgets of the movies later. We it's to- not the budgets. It's more than the budgets. God, I hate this so much. In Toretto's the diner slash criminal supercar garage. 
uh, Dom Toretto is in the back drinking. I couldn't tell if it was a beer or a Diet Coke. He's holding a, a can. We don't really see yeah. what the can is, which I, know, I feel very sucks. agonized over. I know. We, and if we'd done our research, we would have probably been able to look that up. Maybe. Okay. So but I think we are the researchers, so we can choose to ignore it. Fine. Yeah. So unnamed beer and Toretto. I'm assuming it's a beer. I thought it was Dom a beer. fucking loves a crispy beer. He loves a crisp, he, he loves a crisp Dude, one. that boy's a I work in the beer industry. Yeah. You got your hazy boys. Yeah. You got your juicy. Step. Your juicy. Boy. Uh, that's a hazy boy. This is another term Jesus, for hazy boy. That's all right. Much. I can. You, Josh, don't. Josh, this is why you never learn anything. You're so afraid of failure that you once you fail, you don't see it as a learning moment. You just see it as a moment of shame. When you do this stuff, it's a good time for me to check the recorder. Yeah. We're we're doing fine by the okay, way. Okay, great. Yeah. Doing your job. Yeah. Okay. So so Dom is drinking an unnamed beer in Toretto's. Uh, we mentioned the Corona. Obviously, drinking Corona with Dom is, I think, most of what this franchise is. Um, but there's more. There's more. Dom very conspicuously is pounding a Red Bull, a full sugar classic Red Bull. Yeah. In the garage at one point, I'm more Which of a sugar free Red Bull guy. Absolutely. At this point, if you're not drinking sugar free, the fuck is wrong with you? I'm yeah, just saying nuts. everything. Yeah. I like when I. When I learned that the hold that sugar has in this country and like demonizing diet sodas because they might give you cancer in quantities of 100 cans a day. Yeah. First off, if you're living in America and worried about Diet Coke being the thing that gets you, like, wake up. Yeah. (laughs) It's so crazy. So, like, if you're you're still drinking, like, full sugar soda... You're a lunatic. Like, really go check out your life. There's also There's something you know, wrong with you. You know Arrowid, the the drug website where like people chronicle drug experiences? No. It's an amazing that website. That sounds really good. It's run by some like aging tech hippies, but they did a profile on them in the New Yorker and they were like drinking Diet Coke and the reporter was like, well, that's interesting. You're like aging tech hippies. And they're like, yeah, we love Diet Coke. It tastes like robots. It tastes like the future. Yeah. I'm like, yes. And it's cool. And it's like, if people, there's this whole culture around fizz yeah. and seltzer. And like, why is... The quacks, like wh- what is that compared to like a Coke Zero? I rolled my eyes. Let the record show. Yeah. Um. Well, here. First off, uh, now that I've quit drinking alcohol for the congratulations. Time being, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm in the same. I'm actually doing it. I'm very proud of you. I'm We're doing not, it. I'm not quitting alcohol, but what I'm doing is I'm quitting beer. That's which a good to me start. Is, I don't really. I don't. I never drink to get drunk, which is dangerous. I think it's more dangerous than drinking to get drunk. Because if you're drinking to get drunk, there's repercussions. It it's like actually ruins your life. More than it just it's a bad cycle. I drink for the flavor. I think it's nice. It's fun. It's also a social thing, and I can do that every day. Wait, you know? hold on. Ask me why I drink. Uh, Josh, why do you drink? Why does everybody drink? The fun, the people, the culture. <laughs> Josh, you're gonna hit yourself. <laughs> That's like seven or eight. eight. It's what eight. the fuck, dude? We are seven movies Stop. away from. What I think we should make, come to a I'm gonna interrupt my interruption to make a new statement. As much, I think we can reference the later movies, but I really think we should be, like, we make a pact whenever we start a franchise. A blood pact. We've broken it once by in the TMNT series, but that's yes. because it was such a, like, huge leap from the th- the animated one to the, we thought it was a huge leap, it wasn't. Anyway, we I want to just, like, keep these very separate. I don't think we should be talking about the future too much. Okay. Can I keep going with my drinks list? You're still telling a boring story about drinking. Well, anyway, I was just saying that it's nice to be on board. Hell yeah! Well, I've been replacing beer with doc- with uh, with with Z- the Zevia brand of stevia sodas. I've been replacing it with with fizz. Fizz is great, but I, think I drink so much seltzer anyways. That yeah. Now I want like I'll drink like a stevia ginger root beer. Cool. And like this is fun. Everyone listening. Everyone listening. This is a moment. Stop drinking. 
Just stop it. Or cut back. Wait, it's no, wait, good. no. Unless you live in the greater Boston area. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to get that the, bag, man. Got to keep that money I mean, coming in. But I'm, uh, I'm worried yeah. coronavirus is, uh, I mean, this is going to come out in a There's month. coronavirus in Pittsfield now. Yeah. There's coronavirus. Josh invited me here. Yeah. Didn't tell me that there's coronavirus I asked here. him to meet me in the lobby of uh, Berkshire <laughs> Medical Center. It's like, all right, is everything okay? I was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just, you know, wanted I was to like, show lick you around. some handrails. Yeah. Uh, okay, so where were we? One of the strangest beverages in the movie, and I think this was an attempt at a comedic beat in the it movie. Sure, was. and I, I think it worked. Um, we'll, we'll talk I about guess it. the sheer absurdity made it work. Um, okay, well, first off, they do, I think, a good job holding back that Paul Walker is a uh, undercover cop for some time. But his point of contact for the cops, and of course those goddamn feds who are up the honest, oh, hardworking cops, assholes, those fucking feds. These, don't get me started on these feds. They're in this like gorgeous mansion. They're like, oh, so and so builds for Elizabeth Taylor, and it's like this crazy, beautiful Hollywood home. But I mean, in the crazy, beautiful Hollywood home, the cops have a very specific drink wait, wait, order. You skipped one. Well, that's all right. We can come back to it. Oh, I did. Yeah. We'll get back to that. We'll get to that. It doesn't matter. I'm jumping around, baby. We typed it in order. Josh texted me in order. But... No, no, I didn't text it in order because the unnamed beer in Toretto is a text to do fifth. Oh wow, you really didn't. I text did. It in order. Um, and then Ted drinks. I oil. stopped. We'll get to that after. Uh... I did include ice water, so this list is maybe a little too. That's all right. He drinks coffee at the Cuban restaurant. With Josh, Mia. people do not come to this podcast for what information <laughs> no, no. for things they can count on to be accurate. My list also includes soda, parentheses, unspecified, because <laughs> they're drinking out of the Coke cups when they're eating shrimp together. Yeah. And Paul Walker does the exact same move that Keanu does in Point Break. Mm-hmm. It's something, isn't it? Yeah. Trucker Uprising. We'll get to that. Well, that, that, Josh, stop I'm reading read in your head. The cops have a very strange drink order. It's a very 2001 moment where they're like, they're going to have a side meeting and one of the cops goes, hey, so-and-so, make us some ice cappuccinos. He's like, uh, regular decaf. He's like, you want, you want decaf. That? Regular decaf. And <laughs> he's like, decaf. But here's the thing. This is, for me, why the joke worked. Cut. They're all sitting around drinking. Big frosty mugs. <laughs> but earnestly. They're it's all so strange. Like these four men in power, and they're just drinking out of the most silly-looking mugs. I don't ask. I don't ask for a lot in life. I think I'm a simple man. I need to talk to the screenwriter of the Fast and the Furious to find (laughs) out what the conversation was behind this decision because it is fascinating. It's like better than anything else in the movie. The fact that there's a scene where all these grown men are drinking massive foamy iced decaf. But out of glass, like glass curved mugs, like a flower. It's like a a tiny flower urn. So distracting. Like (laughs) it's lovely. I guess so. I guess, but again, like talking about the point break comparisons, you know, the whole bit with Gary Busey's running game of, you know, eating and always having a weird food prop or something. Right. I don't know. There's something about it with it. I think they're trying to give yeah, the movie texture. I, I think you're right. It's a sort of weirdly textureless movie. Wait, when was Point Break? 97? No, 93. 93. Yeah. Wow. Because like, we talked about this, man. And again, you know, talk about comparison points. Do you mind if I diverge from the list? Well, for I just want to say one thing. I. I don't even know if you can make an iced cappuccino. Well, the foam so is what was the that? foam is quite a question. Right, it's hard to make foam cold is, foam. It's impossible to make cold. Right. So when you get an iced latte, well, all they do is they pour espresso over ice, which I already think is a bad idea, and then they just dump they dump frothed milk into it, but it immediately just becomes a, a one substance drink. Right, very quickly. So what do you think they were drinking? Because there is obviously ice. Do you think an ice cappuccino does exist? You're just setting me up. You want me to say it? I don't know. What do you want me to? Say? You're just. You're. Come on. This is. 
it's don't a, make me do this. Don't yeah. make me I'm do actually this. curious what what do you They're probably drinking big frosty cups of decaf cum. Decaf cum. Yeah. Was that did you, did you get that? Try to say it a little louder. Is that I, a good no, react? I'm not saying it again. No, you said you made you, you forced you backed me into a corner where I had to say that, and now I'm. Can we, can we add that to our band name? Decafcom. Decaf That's pretty good. That's really good. Yeah, that could be a jam band or a noisecore band. Decafcom. Hey, we're Decafcom from the Massachusetts area. Okay, stick around. Okay, um, that's the best part of the movie. Let's continue. Uh, they also drink, and this is another conversation. We're talking about liquid calories in the 90s. Uh, at one point, Paul Walker drinks a Snapple. Yeah, wow. And we were talking about this how this, this, the ubiquity of Snapple in the 90s, when people are like, oh, we're doing healthy stuff, we're eating like Gushers and Snapple. <laughs> like, this is the <laughs> shit that we're talking about, like the way we're so controlled. Like the fact that Snapple was a thing, It's like it was basically sugar water. Basically, every, I think there's like 40 grams of sugar. Everyone was worried about fat. Remember Mango Man? Yeah, every, oh, you can't eat the fat. The 90s were crazy. But I'm going to drink this literally 600-calorie water-based drink that's just water and sugar mixed together. I'm, gonna, I'm Googling sugar and Snapple. Thank you. Does Snapple even exist? I have not seen one. Snapple still exists, but I mean, I think their what market share has just tanked. Do, they, do you think they were just bought out by a larger company? And- yeah, I nailed it. Holy shit. I fucking nailed it. 40 grams? 40 grams. An 11.5 ounce container of the new Snapple has 100 or 170 calories and the equivalent of about 10 teaspoons of sugar, 40 or 41 grams. Comparatively, yeah, a Coke has 140 calories and less sugar. So like that's the thing people right. people are like oh it's juice it's, it's tea. tea and it's like no this like, I love our mango madness right now. <laughs> remember so. mango madness none yeah. of these kids will remember can you, you make the mango madness meme bring me the mango madness bring it to me can you this this podcast we the op- mango madness has spoken we opened this door about drinks I yeah. did not know we were getting into this place yeah I like this place. It's good. I've slept so little over the last couple of days, and it's really great to be sitting here in my father's basement study uh, talking about Mango Madness. So this room is an, is is wild. Yeah, it's pretty great. Uh, it's uh, one of those rooms where it is it is in the center of the house. Yes, there it's you the, could the panic room. This is why, yeah, you could keep someone in here, and they would very quickly lose track of day, time. Yes, like if you stayed in here for more than. <laughs> <laughs> More than three days, you'd have no idea what day it was. So I used to like look up hentai and play like Age of Empires in this room, and, and like <laughs> oh, watch. God. I would watch like this is the Wait, room. Your dad where... lets you in here to fucking jack off. Dad, if you're listening, I have never jacked off in this room, Charles. What did you do wink, with the wink. hentai? Oh, Nothing. I got the wink. Um, but I would Nothing. sit here and do stuff while watching <laughs> cable, watching like like TNT or TBS. This is the room where I've I've seen Deep Blue Sea like thirty times in this room. I've seen the Chris, a Christmas story like a million times in this room. This is the room where I watched The Shining for the first time, On and then that? it was uh, it was an even smaller, shittier TV. And then I was too afraid to go upstairs after it. I, had, I stayed in this room like not moving. For Everyone me. gives Kubrick shit for like changing his aspect ratio to match. That was brilliant. Brilliant. It's like the smartest thing he ever did. Yeah, that's brilliant. Imagine being a fucking the kind of lunatic who's like, okay, I'm going to take a look at the cinema shot and now the VHS shot. <laughs> what a lunatic. Yeah. You're seeing Eyes Wide Shut? Good movie, Fidelio. Okay, let's go with the, continue with the list. We're almost done. Um, We're getting to the good stuff. I mean, we got some... It's all good stuff. Baby, when you're listening to The Real Deal, Josh and Charles, our old podcast, it's good stuff. But it's this stuff, a, better stuff. Yeah, that, when I, will it I end? listened to... So there is... We talked about so a movie point. that we watched before, and I was like, oh, yeah, no, I re-listened to the Saw episode. Yeah. I can't believe we ever made this podcast. 
Because this is not that bad, and that's very bad. It's not good, and it, it's it's really from I think the distance of the record. Like yeah. you can tell, we're doing two separate things. You're always marveling at this, and it's, I think it's becoming a we got to move it, past this revelation. It's not just it's, it's a, better to be in the same room where our toes can touch, and I can fart, and you can laugh at my funny fart. I know when you farted before, like I didn't even knew how much you farted before. Well, I think it's like I just like I I did, I did like travel guy weekend where I was like I'm fucking travel guy this week I'm gonna eat whatever yeah <laughs> I definitely was like uh, cutting loose I like ate at Arby's on Friday they have meat there they got the meats I got the fish sandwich though <laughs> good good choice I think you got to be depraved I think people like uh, the cowardly move is to not eat the fish sandwich at fast food restaurants it's like no it's like one. I think probably one of the least, like, whatever. You should eat fish sandwiches. Don't be a fucking, you know, dummy. Okay, Soda Unspecified, when Paul Walker gives a masterful performance within a performance, where he goes, oh, I can't even afford shrimp. I sure wish I could steal DVD players with yeah. Dom Toretto. Wow. Great scene. We were, so after this, and after this, the family door, yeah, I think we want to just go through the plot of this movie. Yeah, which is mind-blowing. Yeah. Okay, um, <clears throat> when in a very confusing plot sequence that I couldn't, to this day, don't really know what happened, there's engines missing from Johnny Tran's cars, so he gets mad at Ted, who's a fence, and he's like, "Where's the, what's missing, Ted? And it's it's stupid. And Hector stole the engines. That whole subplot, I couldn't figure out what was going on. Yeah. But um, they torture Ted, the, the, the cool-ass Asian gang, who are both played to be racist villains and yet are the coolest part of the movie. I do want to do a sidebar on this because I do feel like it's a movie where people often praise the multicultural nature of the Fast family, which grows and changes from this movie. But in this movie, they do like one of the oldest tricks in the Hollywood book where the bad guys are Asians. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And it's like... And now that there's a lot of space for black people or people of color to not just talk about race and be horrific stereotypes. But, you know, it's, I thought it was like a, a weird, like a weirdly indicative laziness of the 90s. We're going to like, we're going to find out. I to, does the family ever get bigger than. Yeah, because I guess it, ex- it expands dramatically. It does. This movie. OK, yeah. I was going to say, I guess Paul Walker, I guess, is white. Nailed you nailed that one. He's pretty. Yeah, he's white. Okay, prostitutes. Yeah, well, I think that'll be an interesting thing because yeah, this movie. I mean, also, I don't. Was this was this also a like a big pun joke, like calling it the race wars? We'll get to that. That was. I'm just saying, like they definitely played race. Hector's constantly like this movie was written by white people, right? Because they call me Hector. I I can't even pronounce my last name. What the fuck? Which in 2020, it's like. The shtick of I can't pronounce something in Spanish is like you've got to be kidding! Like so, that's crazy. And that's like what the that character says. It's not like some white person's like, "Oh, that guy's Hector." I can't. It's like this is what it's it's insane. Yeah. It's, then, it's it's like backdoor white script racism written into every person of color in the movie. The the limited role the black guy gets, the black racer gets. Who was that? Because he he is not well served by this movie. Which which guy? Uh, the the guy at the cornrows who the ladies like. You feel my titty? Oh, yeah. You get this titty no matter what. But if you win the race, you get my titties and that woman's titties additionally. And he goes, what? Yeah. And he loses. And then later she completely fucking bails on him, which yeah. I thought was harsh. It was pretty harsh. Um. Oh, yeah. But jo- Johnny Tran and his cousin Lance are the best part of the movie. Remember when Lance goes, Johnny's like, what do you think, Lance? Lance goes, it's a beautiful machine. <laughs> that was a good line. That was so sick. That he was thought really it was, he said it was the best line in the movie. The I, I do think it was the best line in the movie. And his poor Johnny Tran and his cousin Lance are like the best part of the movie. They're so cool. But they make Ted the Lance drink oil. So I included oil on the list of uh, and, beverages. Uh, boy, does he drink oil. All There's, I see over there is that you popped up the image of Joaquin Phoenix. Well, it's <laughs> written by David 
Uh, David Ayer. Just, oh no, shit. He yeah. did Suicide Squad. I, yeah, I totally forgot that. Uh, he was written by Gary Scott Thompson uh-huh. and Eric Burquist. So yeah, so it was written by three white men. Um, you think wait Burquist? You're just assuming it's a white name, Eric with a K, Burquist. Okay. Um, <laughs> they drink ice water and then they drink coffee on their date when they go to the Cuban restaurant with the little That's red candles. That is nuts to me. You're going to a Mexican restaurant and you're ordering... It's Cuban, you piece of shit. Holy oh, I shit. Thought it was, I thought he said it was Mexican That's the most restaurant. racist thing you've ever done and we got <laughs> it on tape. No, it's Cuban. Oh. You dog human. Anyway, you... you you're go a to trash a, man. You go to a spicy food joint. You have coffee. Cubans love coffee. You order hot is that coffee? Racist? I don't know. Look it up. <laughs> Cubans, I'm so sorry. I think you like, it's like this coffee. Is a, this is everyone listening. I'm, We're only on the first uh, episode. This is not going well. This is going to be a dangerous We're only 40 minutes in. Can we delete and start over? No. Okay. Your brother's not um, here to do that. I'm just saying, this is dangerous. <laughs> leave my you got dad two 30-year-old white men talking about we're going to talk a lot about race it's not going to be good it's going to be nuts um let's talk about parallels to this movie as an la movie wait we didn't enter the this is what i was afraid of jesus christ this is what i was afraid of i open one door you immediately open a second door and my door got before you were bemoaning that we couldn't open a third door Right, because well, I thought you opened a second door. What all door bets do you have open? What I want to just get the family door. The family door is the whole series. Let me just get right, this but thing I want to chronicle every time someone talks about family. And to me, only one person did it in this movie. No, well, no, two people did it. Who? What was the second one? Uh, Sergeant Tanner brings yeah. up. He, and again, we. I want to about... talk about that moment. Okay, I want to talk about each moment they talk about family. Okay, that's a bigger conversation. Get, this might get crazy because the later movies they talk about it a lot. Right. Okay. Let me just weasel in my LA movies sidebar. All it's right. so short, but don't forget about my I'm door. Not gonna forget your goddamn We've gone door. Through me my familia. big portal through your smaller God, door. Just... You you walked right past my third door. You're like, nope, can't do that. But now you're trying to get into some fucking that picture of Sam is crazy. Air conditioning unit. Is he on a trampoline? <laughs> That's nuts. No, he's just jumping. We used to do that, too. We used to jump off chairs for kids. Yeah, Yeah, midair photos. Okay, so... People still do that. Probably. It's a beloved uh, pastime. Uh, Remember when we we did it as millennials? There's a photo of me wearing a Morrissey shirt, jumping in midair in a disposable camera photo. We had to wait until it was developed to see how good they came out. Kids these days, all they care about is TikTok and the coronavirus. Um, okay, so this is an, a very L.A. movie, and it reminded me very much of two films we watched recently. Um, one, of course, being Blade, because a big part of this movie is about the transformation of, of L.A. at night and L.A. by day, which I thought was very interesting. Yeah. And the second movie, this is the one where we. This is a bit of a, a bit of a snafu for old Josh. Bad Boys is, of course, set in Miami, but we kept thinking it was for the first movie. I think we thought it was L.A. for the first like half hour or something. Yeah. Um. But like those two, I thought Blade and Bad Boys are definitely two analogous series where. You you were asking like oh did this come out before Bad Boys two because it, all the frenetic super color saturated crazy urban racing shit that like Bad Boys two turns into like a fucking like operatic bloodbath uh, this is sort of like hinting towards yeah and again like Blade I like how much an interesting element of the movie are the fast transitions from night into day and day into night which I kept being like oh is this reverse Blade because I'm fucking funny as shit you are funny it was funny moments I yeah. was laughing but I liked that would you get any, get any juice out of that like L.A. by night where you know one 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 depiction is freaking vampires are out there this is like dorks with their dumbass cars are gonna fucking I honestly think you were influenced by it I think you're like oh that's something that we just watched and it worked I don't well, let's talk about it. I don't think this movie used place well at all 
Well, no, it, it actively disintegrates plays, which drives me crazy. Yeah. We talked about the, the legendary comparison that I made because I'm so fucking, I'm so fucking smart. I'm so fucking insightful. This is such a good podcast. The foot race in Point Break versus the foot race in Bad Boys. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the visual continuity of like when one thinks of like a classic film, visual continuity is sort of like considered to be one of the greatest accomplishments. As I often reference from Seven Samurai to Die Hard, movies that like really invest in place – all everything is heightened because we know, like, oh no, he's gonna go in right over there, right. and that's where the thing is. Like yeah. the thing, obviously, my favorite movie of all time. <laughs> sure, the thing. You know that movie, like, but you can analyze doors you, being open and being really like, oh my god, that door's open. Right. You, you know? don't really know where the thing is. Wow, that's the whole thing. Where, where is that freaking guy? Uh, but in this movie, much in the bad boy mold of like complete popcorn fucking Jack Offery, you know, they go to this street race where. There's, there's. I'm just gonna be conservative. Ten thousand people just <laughs> standing. It's like rush, if rush hour traffic all just pulled over. Right. There's. I'm gonna just again like four hundred thousand cars and a million people, and they engage in a street race where they are like shown to be going so fast that reality is warping and yeah. falling away around yeah. them, like a Chris Nolan movie. And yet they're they're doing like a straightaway race where it's they're. Later in the movie, Dom makes a big point about how he lives his life a quarter mile at a time. Which, by the way, as not car people, that sounds like a fucking very cowardly thing to say. <laughs> like, what a fucking... I, I only care about, like, you know, a ten-minute walk. <laughs> like, a quarter mile is not that far. And I guess for cars far. or whatever, it's like, how fast can you go in a quarter mile? I don't know. Cars are dorky and shitty. Yeah, well, there's so much to talk about. This, this episode is going to go long. It's going to be a classic um, two-hour. But also, I do want to warn people that this is a nine part series for us. Yeah. And it will be a dangerous place to enter for two reasons. Now one, we're going to have to talk about race a lot and I, we might fuck up. So and we're even, sorry about even that. Even worse. And we're going to be doing some racing. really, we're going to, oh, also we're going to be doing some really bad Vin Diesel impressions. You just did a bad one. I, I watched my father up. burn to death. I heard him scream, <laughs> but then they told me you were the one who was screaming. <laughs> well, why tell that story? Because it's about family. Can we sh- show it's that about story? family? Toe we... touch number three. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see that. I mean, we, you can. Why don't you insert a clip of that? There, there must be a thousand. It could have been the opening to the movie. I bet if like there's, yeah. there's like hearing a man say, "I was my mate said my dad died before it blew up." I heard him scream. I heard him scream. I am the bat. But then swear to me. But then they told me it was me who was like, It's what? a crazy story to tell someone. And it's I, like, a bad story. It's they, just he's like, been written to Paul Walker for like 35 minutes. Yeah. So he tells him. <laughs> I mean, Anyways, here's what I'm trying to say. We we can't talk about cars as much in the first episode. Cars are weird and stupid. And we're going to talk about the whole show. I, no, but that's, this is what this, – this, this is a bad movie. This yeah, is, it, this it's is objectively a poorly yeah. made movie. And I think it only works because – Cars are so dorky, yeah. That you either have people that are really into them. They're like, like oh, Jesse, sure, Rest, rip, man, rip, Jesse. Yeah, he dies. Who's Jesse? Jesse's the, Jesus fucking Christ. Hold on, I got time to be right. You don't now. give a shit about family. Jesse's the little dork. Who oh, I love Jesse. Jetta. Jesse was my favorite. He's like, I'm gonna bet my daddy's Jetta against Johnny Tran, the charismatic, handsome leader of a game. Leader of a game. What an idiot. Jesse. Oh, he's only driving a Honda. It's like, what, what the fuck? You think the leader of a gang is he's only probably driving? good at racing, you dipshit. Dude, he's got a million bucks under the hood. And no, it's actually 100,000. 100,000 bucks under yeah. the hood. 
And then, yeah. uh, and then, but also uh, Johnny Train is uh, Johnny. He's the guy they show playing a video game. Yeah, remember? that was racist great. as fuck. Yeah, the Asian guy's playing a car video game while he's about to actually race an actual car. Yeah, that's cool. Oh, so that's funny. Uh-huh. And then, here's I, the thing. I, I actually was once in Arizona in like 2009 with a bunch of like really wow. rich conservative people at a huge mansion. It's a crazy story. Wow, that actually, is cool. But then we were watching Star Trek. In, Which one? The, bat, the the one that just came out at that point. J, j, oh, j, the j, one j, called j, Star j, Trek. J.J. Abrams. And they're like, yeah, of course the Asian character has a samurai sword. And as I was like 19, I was like, that guy didn't write the movie. A white guy made the movie. Oh, they were blaming it on the actor? They were they were responding to it with the, the, like, the dewy naivete of like a child being like, yeah, of course the Asian guy's got it. It's like, this is a movie white people made where they gave an Asian guy a samurai sword because we are objectively a shit race of idiots. Yeah. And, and, and it's the same thing in this movie where people would probably have laughed like, yeah, the Asian guy is playing a video game. And that's the whole joke. That's the whole joke. There's no, it, and it's like, it, it really, it fucking drove me crazy. Yeah, this, uh, yeah, this, this is a bad movie. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to get ahead of myself yet. I think the death of Jesse is another reason why this is a bad movie. Like, he literally gets gunned down in front of Toretto's home, and that's it. That's the end of his story. Well, then we'll talk about the abrupt end of the movie. Can we talk about the plot now? Because the plot <laughs> yeah. is fucking... We got to get into this movie, because, like, we're talking around it. This is, this is a... Very boring, bad yeah. movie. Okay, that's very bad and boring. It's very bad and boring. It's full of funny little textural things that are uh, that are that despite. I think because the movie's so smooth and weird, the moments that are weird are, are delightful. What do you find smooth and weird? Like I don't find this movie smooth at all. No, no, but it's it just like it's it's like like a brutal utilitarian thing. It just hammers this thing okay. forward. I think it's like yeah, it's like diarrhea. Sure, where it fine. thinks like it looks smooth, but man, if you talk about anyone who's coming what was out, the thing kids like, coming out, not good. S- smooth move, X lax. What's that from? Yeah, that's from our childhood. I know, but it must be a reference because the fucking nineties kids will remember. Not just people say stuff, and then other people say it. Okay, so there's a big problem in Los Angeles, and it's the biggest problem in the world. It requires um, cops and the feds, those goddamn feds, dude, to work together. This story ruled. This was the this was the story. Right. What's the biggest problem in, in Los Angeles? This is again a pre nine eleven movie, which is so funny to watch. Like, there's a huge problem. We we have to address this problem. It's very serious. Charles, what's the problem? Um. Three cars steal DVD players. Yeah, they're stealing ca- these car criminals using. Okay, so something I often reflect on when rewatching the Star Wars films, if you'll permit me for a moment. Will you permit me for a moment? Yeah. The Han rescue plan in Return of the Jedi is like the worst plan in a movie ever. Can you go over it just quickly? Okay. So, first, Leia goes undercover yep. to free Han and gets captured. Oh, fuck. Okay. That's Second. Bad. Luke goes, yeah, but not undercover, but not sort of, sort of dubiously undercover, under the cover of a robe of like a he's wearing like a hoodie, and yeah, he gets dumped into the Rancor pit. We see yeah. Slave Leia, Lando's in the in the wings, and then how many people are undercover in that? Scene? Oh, it's complicated. <laughs> well, at that point, only really Lando. At that point, Lucas like, was in an undercover kick. At that point, he was having quite a time, <laughs> and then they act like the whole plan came together when. On the right. very edge of the Sarlacc pit, R2 shoots up the lightsaber to Luke, who does a flip. And, like, they act like this is, like, this brilliant plan they concocted, which, like, required them to be on the precipice of being eaten forever eternally by a sand monster. Like, it's a terrible plan. It makes no sense. Yeah, you know what a better plan would be? Luke comes in with a fucking lightsaber and kills everybody. Right. Why did Leia have to get in prison? Why? Like, the whole thing makes no... It's a terrible plan. It's so, so stupid. Yeah. Um, I guess... I don't know. It's terrible. So here's the. Tr- I never want to watch those movies ever again. They're, Can we make a pact? 
No, I'm probably going to end up watching them again. When I have a beautiful, perfect child, we'll probably have to watch all of them. And the good versions on Disney+. Plus. Why don't you just watch The Last Jedi? I think... You know, you do need them. You need to, to understand you the, uh, the knowing that. wink of The Last Jedi. You have to watch a shit ton of stuff. Yeah. Anyways, so analogous to that horrible plan that's needlessly complicated, full of risk, and full of... Limited reward based on the amount of risk put into it. Here's how the car thieves steal DVDs from a truck. <laughs> First off, I don't know how much you got for a Panasonic DVD player in 2001, but the 2001, amount of- I was so I actually bought my first DVD player around that time. Okay, I paid sixty dollars for it. Okay, but like a black market one, it's got to be below retail. That's the whole premise of black market. Right. So you're spending. Like, like 30, 30 to 40? 40, but the whole, okay. I'm saying they but put so much money into these fucking cars right. and put the cars in such great risk on the road to steal the DVDs. There's no way they're making that much money on these DVD players. Where, where are they? Maybe there's, oh my God. So, LA, I mean, but as Paul Walker's character does say, you can't be funding this operation on fixing cars. Like, that's no, an incredibly lucrative business. That is the business. The whole world of cars is an elaborate price fixing scheme that allows people to like, so like you, look up dealerships. Like the whole premise of a dealership is one of the most insane parts of the like completely amoral capitalist nightmare we live in. Toretto? Like there's no reason cars are expensive. It's, yeah. it's crazy. What's his name? Toretto? The main fucking character of the entire fucking series? Yeah. Yeah. His name is fucking Dom Toretto. Jesus Christ. Um He's he, such a hottie. Oh my god. He like he he not it's not only he works on cars, he like works on cars. Like that shit's expensive. People come to him to get very special things done. He can fund a racing operation with that. Right. He can make three like he can use that money to this movie's it's so crazy. crazy. Okay, so also Paul Walker's a very good mechanic too, and then he's like hates being a cop and they're like, You know what? Why don't you just quit? And it's like that's not yeah. the thing. You don't he's like. You, yeah, he's like. This is your job. Is like, what are you gonna do if this doesn't work? Uh, become a fucking car mechanic. Right. You're clearly very good at being a car mechanic. <laughs> None of these people need to be criminals. Yeah, it's crazy. It makes no sense. Anyways, so here's the truckers, the the, the truck theft plan, which is <laughs> so insane that like. I'm sure they like, – I feel like it's a John Woo situation where they wrote this like, okay, three black cars with, with, with green underlighting zoom out on the highway. They tr- triangulate around a truck. One of the cars pulls in front of the truck and pulls out a grappling hook a harpoon. launcher <laughs> harpoon device that rips out just the side window of the truck. Yep. Then a human being climbs into no, the no, truck. No, no, you skipped a step. Oh, they shoot a second – a second grappling hook device, which creates a line for someone to pull themselves into the truck to physically melee the driver who's hitting you with a bat, and then you knock out the driver and steal the whole truck. It's a, it's an insanely stupid. It's and it, it's not even that it's stupid. It's boring. Well, it's one, not it's, an right. interesting use of cars. Yeah. It's it's really boring because like instead of like a chase, they lock into a holding pattern, right? And they have to maintain a holding pattern. Highway. Fourth foot touch. As a tap, that was my fault. It was okay. It wasn't yeah. a. I, it wasn't a covering. Yeah, it was a. It was a side side stud. Tip, tip, tip. Um. So so yeah. So the, so the central problem of the movie is that I think something that on paper or in the boardroom sounded exciting is actually both con- like. It's like the 1917 thing where it's like this has become so complicated and like like 
technical that it's no yeah. longer like that cool. I'm now right. just like, oh, this is nuts. So then when they do it in the climactic style, like in the again a horrible Point Break thing, where like now we finally see the unmasked guys do the thing they've been, you know, quietly doing the whole movie, and that the, the total lack of suspense is remarkable. Mm. So when Vince, like the shittiest asshole, the whole, when they, when they feed like the dumb asshole guy into the like the 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 most dangerous position, that's a cowardly, stupid thing to do in a movie, right? Where now the we idiot don't care if he dies, right? The the guy we like the least carrying out the plan that is the stupidest is in the most danger you're like who fucking cares yeah make it um anyone else anyone else where there's more stakes at play yeah also i don't really care about anyone anyway but like making it the guy that beats up our supposed protagonist yeah like well maybe he will yeah great let's have him die right who Who cares cares? anyway so, so the end of the movie is like these guys who we kind of like, I guess, but don't really care about or try to pull off the same stupid heist and you right. have the chance to reflect for a second time on how like weirdly like obtuse this plan is, you know, I don't think I think in every mob movie there's like a car, there's like a car in the road and they pull a gun on the truck guy and they're like, all right, just fuck off, man. But the truckers in this movie are not about to take this shit lying down. Yes, and here's is the, the story. most frustrating part of the movie. They allude to something else going on that is oh completely, God. if you're people like me and Charles, all I wanted to hear about was the trucker uprising. <laughs> it's all. Oh, my God. Because the feds, those fucking feds, they're like, look. There's we, just one of them. We, yeah, the one guy. You just call it the fed. The fed. The fed is like, look. We got to solve this problem with the truck robberies because these truckers They're are fucking, fucking revolt. They are like losing their shit. The last thing we need in America, June, June 2001, the last the last thing America could handle are aggravated truckers. Yeah, what, what's going to happen? So the stakes of the movie are Dom Toretto has to fund his stupid, boring racing life by stealing DVD players from <laughs> angry truckers in a scheme that seems impossible Oh, well, wait, you, and you forgot about, you know, there's also, what we talked about already, but yes, also, well, there's a nonviolent gang war between uh, him and a racially stereotyped Asian gang. It was way cooler. I'm like, oh, yeah. I wanted to follow Johnny Tran's gang because they're fucking cool. They're cool. Cousin Lance is the most baller dude in the fucking oh entire God. movie. Fucking, he's what do you only... think, Lance? He's always asking Lance what he yeah. thinks, and Lance is a fucking badass. It's a great character. Like, yeah. that's a dynamic that works, and Jesse works. Yeah. And they underplay like all these, and that that's a part of the Tran story, where he loses his car to Tran and just drives off. And then Tran, like a fucking baller, like just fucking blows the shit up. It's sick. So those three characters are locked together, but they're a part of a separate movie. They just like it's like a, a little bump against the better movie that and, we could have been. Watching. And you're like, okay, Jesse, he tells us that like he has ADD, he like can't function in society. All he likes yeah. is cars. His father's in jail, and like. What an interesting character. Yeah, this guy's awesome. Right. He drives a souped-up Jetta, which and is like, a car that I've heard of. If fucking if your favorite guy, Nicholas Winding Refn, made this movie, the movie would be a fucking oh pathetic geek God. makes a horrible decision and a crime boss murders him horribly. And that'd yeah. be the whole movie. It would be fucking awesome. <laughs> oh, my God. I and love instead, that movie, that's too. Both the Trucker Uprising, oh which I would love God. to see. John Carpenter could have made a cool Trucker Uprising movie around this time, I think. So, But we're stuck with this horrible paradigm of like the photocopied uh, Point Break dynamic. Which, look, I think, look, let's get to this. Vin Diesel is fucking great yeah. as Tom Toretto. He's good. The pro- I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I, Paul I Walker is not great. Nope. He's fine. He, uh, that's that's being generous. He's a bad. He's bad. But, like, a bad in, like, a fun Hollywood way where, like, it's not good. Yeah. Um. But, like, so we're stuck with, like, 
the most boring part of the movie being foregrounded as all these cool things are happening. And by the end of the movie, the fucking trucker battling off the raid has a goddamn shotgun and it's so sick. He's so cool. He's so cool. He's defending his truck. You never see him. It's such a great decision. Right. And yet, like, again, the problem that that's a more compelling thing than anything else happening. The trucker that you never see is more interesting than everything else happening in that moment. Look, I've heard a hobo with a shotgun, but trucker with a shotgun? We've never talked about that. I have a life outside of this podcast. You've seen it? I've seen Rutger Hauer in... That's Rutger Hauer, right? Yeah. Man, that guy, what a life. Rip. Rip. Hey, Rip Jesse. Rip Rucker. Fuck. Look, honestly... Two good rips. I said what I said. Eh, you can work on that. I know, I know. It's more... Here... It's more in response to somebody else. Yeah. I said what I said. It's, I mean, you can say it any way you want. That's the beauty of that phrase. I said what I said. You're getting into it. Yeah. That's good. De Niro must have said that at some point, right? Yeah. He, said, said, he probably said it many times. That's good De Niro. For everyone at home, Josh is doing a very good De Niro. Just turn your mouth as downward as possible. And tilt your head around. <laughs> Josh is doing great. The Irishman was so good. I want to watch it the third time. Yeah. Well, that's, I mean, that's, we were talking about crime. Yeah. And the Irishman did a great thing where, like, you watch three hours of a man doing crime. And it's like, and then the last <laughs> half hour is like, oh, you didn't need to be doing crime. You made like $30,000 yeah. a year. Yeah. <laughs> and this movie is all like, they're making millions of dollars with an actual business. Okay. Well, comparing some Fast reason- and Furious to the Irishman is the, exactly why this is a good podcast. Yeah. Because, like, the whole point of that movie is like, this was stupid. It was stupid and empty and meaningless and violent for no purpose. Yeah. This entire undertaking was futile and you'll be left sitting somewhere being like, I, what was I doing? Or like battling off that fear your entire life to that question. And this movie, everyone's motivations are stupid. Mm-hmm. Nothing really matters. The racing is, again, oh the God. worst part of the movie. It's- we were watching this and I was like, I want to watch Speed Racer because they try to get to that level of like they're going so fast it's fucking psychedelic. But yeah. it just like it's like it doesn't get there. It doesn't. It falls it was, short. It was made in two thousand one. It was just we needed a little nine eleven to to amp to things kick, up. Nine eleven was the nos to our culture. Off. That's the best thing I've ever said. We should stop now. <laughs> no, definitely. Oh, nine eleven was the nos tank in the yeah. engine of American culture. Like it the, fucking blew the pivot reins off of our chain boxes. Oh my god! Well, when the piston grip gets warped because of the the torque, there's oh a, there's god. so many great sentences. I said Star Trek is the, the nearest reference point. There's like whole yeah. exchanges where they're like, "Oh, we've got a you know the the manifold's going to buckle on the two three if it comes off the split like that." Yeah, and then people are like, "Yeah, he's right." He's fucking right. He's fucking right. The manifold is going to do it. So here's this movie was made by a bunch of dorks who included a bunch of car talk so car boys could jack off. But then they're like, wait, we want this to appeal to more than just car boys. Midriffs. Midriffs. So so the non-car boys can also jack off. This is one of the least sexy sexual movies ever. What about girls? They don't jack off, do they? Can we check on that? (laughs) No, sir. They don't jack off. Okay. Actually, Mia and Paul Walker's kiss, Mia and Brian's kiss is hot. When he wakes up in the middle of the night to get a call from... Yeah, that was a, a, that was good, a good kiss. It was fine. I, I, I find her as an actor to be so uninteresting. Like, the, her best moment is when she drives, mm-hmm. and she's like an in, like a crazy, demonic smile. Just like Yeah, they're all sociopaths. And she's movie. like, the way she sits in the car, everything about her physical acting is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, but... 
But she's just underserved by the script. I'm yeah. going to put put it down to that. She plays Don Fredo's hot sister who works at the diner. And she her hotness is like it's she's a really interesting face and yeah. it's like she, I feel like they could have maybe it's just cuz of like budget and casting but like she's a she's not a very like especially for 2001 not a typical hottie. This is true. Yeah. It, it you know I that's think that was really cool. Yeah. Like everyone like she's written to be the hottie but she's like very striking features and it's like she's a she's a very she and i think she understands her physicality really well and she in her one scene where she got to use that she nailed it but i think we're, we're talking around the fact that you know it's thankless to play dom toretto's sister in this movie oh, yeah because he is when we talk about this being a franchise when we, i'm about to ask you the titular question of our podcast i was about to ask you okay well look at us go um dom toretto his presence vin diesel's performance is fascinating and certainly knowing this is the beginning of a genuinely mind-bogglingly like a two decade long arc you're like yeah this guy is fucking fascinating Mm -hmm. and if nothing else in this movie works dom toretto rules from i would say the second we see the back of his shiny head in toretto's drinking an unnamed beer that's a that's a good point because i i don't think he works as a character yet i think vin diesel's working in his own strange way because i also don't think he's a very good actor but I think when he was born to do whatever this yeah, is. Yeah, like my history with Vin Diesel, I've only really seen him in Boiler Room, where he plays like a. You haven't un- seen Pitch Black? No. Or, I haven't really? seen Pitch Black. I haven't seen. Pitch, Pitch Black, Black is. Two. I haven't seen that in a long time. Or uh, The Chronicles of Riddick? I haven't seen The Chronicles of Riddick. You haven't seen The Chronicles, bro? No. You haven't seen The. <sighs> Let me see what I've seen by him. Um, but where if he you plays go to Lightbox like, right now, I'm going to punch you. I'm not. I'm just clicking on. I'm gonna be... Clicking on Vin. Clicking, clicking oh, on I Vin. I lost internet. This is good stuff. Okay. All right. Well, I'll never know what Vin Diesel was in movies. Okay. Um, but I, I, I just, I, the whole we've talked this. This movie is boring and bad, and the connection to family is not like when Paul Walker calls them a gang. This, this is why you know this wasn't about family yet because in two thousand eight, he would have been like, "We're not a gang. We're familia. familia." They said we're a team. Yeah. Which I think is interesting. I like the aspect of a team, like bringing together people. Well, like, okay, to go back, they to, weren't they weren't there yet. To go back to the first mention of family in the movie, which we alluded to earlier. Yeah, my door. Oh, shut. Yeah, God, I this is. I forgot about my own door. My beautiful fucking portal. I'm about to shut your freaking door. Uh, the first time family's mentioned in the series, almost fucking mind-boggling by to me. accident. Yeah, it seems like it was just like a throwaway. Well, first line. off, okay, so this is the sergeant for the LAPD who has an undercover cop working a high-profile case, and he tells him, "Look." It's all about family. You just got to choose a family. Yeah. You can make... He's like, I forgot exactly the line. I do have the lines up. Okay, yeah, pull it up. Yeah. But it's great. First off, if you're a cop, you're probably not telling an undercover co- like agent, like, look, you just got to yeah. pick a team. You just got to... You you gotta, like, it's just choose one. <laughs> like, okay, re- read the line. All right, so... Oh, wait, Johnny Trance says it, too. Oh, he just says... You no, my, we my disrespect whole, whole family. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they don't even... IMDb that's not even users quoted? don't even consider it that's cr- to be a quote. IMDb, this is the problem with democracy. Absolutely. Two problems with democracy. You're leaving power in the hands of the fuckers. Yeah. <sighs> people cannot be trusted. You can't trust people. Um. Yeah, so it, it's... I, I To answer your question, Josh. Yes. I'm asking, when will it end? You I'm are? out. You're out already? So, I mean, we have to ask. I've seen all these movies. Uh-huh. I haven't seen two, but I've seen three, four, five, six, seven, and eight. Okay, but. I am asking when will it end. I think this is a terrible movie. I think everything, the only reason why I wouldn't be asking when will it end is because, is because I know about the yeah. existence of the future. At this point, okay. 
I do not see this as a like Shrek came out the exact same year, one best animated feature, and it it created a world with characters that were fun and interesting, and actually had layers like onions That's and pretty cakes. Good. Pretty good. Get in my belly. Yeah, we're not gonna watch layer cake. Um, okay, so here, here's, my, here's my counterpoint. There's a second layer cake. Look it up. Fuck. Um, here's my thing. Fake news. We, we, we brought got, to you by Charles Hobby. Fucked up. We got. We we, we got to wrap this motherfucker up. Okay. We can't. It's yes. too much. We, we're there's eight more movies. <laughs> we have plenty of time to talk at great length. That's the whole show. Do you not understand what we're doing? Oh, we're going back to watch the next eight, eight more movies. You I'm excited. Psycho. You fucking psycho. I'm not psycho, excited psycho. for too fast. I think too fast. I'm sure it's going to suck. I want to. I want to watch it with and I want to convince Allison to watch it with us. I think. Oh, is she still here? Yeah, I thought she was heading to. No, to yeah, we need to finish town. this episode. I am not asking when will it end because for Wait, one reason alone. I want go ahead. Watching the movie, I, I I did I made that I had that moment where like I'm not watching this movie with the you know reverse historicity of having watched the rest of much of the rest of the series. I'm watching this movie as a guy who watches franchises for a podcast and watching this movie. I realized this is the ultimate sandbox movie. So. It's so it's so because it's so such a mess because it's so open ended and you're like the only premise of this is high octane crime of this this yes like I would like to see what happens in the second one because in my experience doing this podcast watching these movies as though I'd never seen anything in this series before though I know to prepare myself for a rough second because that's usually what happens you you're like yeah but this could get weird so on one level. I'm the optimistic franchise viewer who says, look, these things start in a sandbox and end up in this elaborate mythology that we're going to enjoy. And as someone who's seen the later movies to step into those shoes, I know how fucking weird it gets. Yeah. And it gets so weird. So, yeah, like to me, you know, to separate out those two identities, the, the first time viewer and the and the long time viewer, long time viewer says, stay tuned, buddy. By movie eight, uh, they're like at a fucking Russian missile silo racing over a frozen lake. And it's fucking dank. And talking about it's, Havana. See, I, I I disagree. I don't think this movie alludes to that at all. And as no, we've been no, talking no, for the last you hour, don't understand. All right, say it again. I I'm saying, as someone who watches franchises, yeah, we have seen them, but usually by movie three, take on a whole like just start to morph into something else. I'm just saying you're a time traveler. I'm not a time traveler. I'm just saying we're, we have to ask this question based on what we've seen so far. I'm saying. As someone who watches franchises, watching the beginning of, of of this, watching this movie as the potential start to a franchise, it's like, yes, this clearly has potential to get weird. So I'm saying, did I love this movie? No, it's got a, a lot of huge structural problems. But do, I mean, do I watch it being like, this could get, like, I think about Bad Boys. Bad Boys 1, kind of a lackadaisical fun movie. But it had characters. I know, it's a much, it's an infinitely better movie. No, but I'm just saying, that's what I'm saying is lacking. They don't understand the use of space. They don't understand the use of time. And they certainly don't understand the use of characters. I'm watching a movie about eight people, and the only people I care about are the people that they don't care about. Jesse, so, Rip. Jesse, Rip, Tran. Rucker, Howard. And <laughs> Rip. But I'm like, that's what I'm saying is like they I'm I don't want any more of this. The people in charge of this are complete fools. I like I like the elements that they're playing with in this okay. messy way. You like cars? Oh, they're you so like, cool. You like, uh, I freaking love it when I freaking I love I love me a tube top. You love tube tops. I like the flat top, and I like a tube top. You like both of the tops? 
Yeah, not like the high tops. <laughs> yeah, I like the flat top. No. Okay, please, please hear my truth. I pretending I don't know what's to come. I think you can watch this and be like, "Yeah, I'm going to give this at least another couple." Well, what's the point of this show then? If you're just going to be like, "Well, I know what's coming," I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm separating those things out. Oh, you are okay. I'm saying, is if I didn't even know that we're going to go to Fast Five, one of the most important films of the last twenty years, I'm mm-hmm. not a joke. Yeah, um, I would say this Especially movie, for you're franchise. like franchise. Like, oh, absolutely. That Fast Five is like everyone was trying. Like it was in reboot culture, and like. Everyone's doing it wrong. Right. Fast Five is a Fast miracle Five is of the franchise showing. Experience. Yeah. We'll Here's what I'm there. trying to say. Let's say I have no idea what happens next. I love Johnny Tran and, yeah. and the motor and his motorcycle gang. I loved like the LA elements of the movie. See, that, the I rare don't. time space worked in the movie. I liked the sets. When? Give me one example of when it worked. Um, I like I like when they when they go into Chinatown and then the birds fly off of the massive pagoda, <laughs> John Woo style. That was sick. That could have happened anywhere. I know. I'm saying. I don't know where that was. There. We're not arguing. I agree with you. There's problems with the movie. I'm saying, to go back to the, what we talk about in these franchises, or the first movie is the testing lab, where we're like trying stuff out. I love Dom Toretto. I love the fact that it's like, you know, we're doing like, like point break, but, you know, we're going to like stretch this fucker out. Like, there's there's things about it where I'm like, I want to see where it goes. Yeah. So I'm not I'm out yet. I'm excited for Tokyo Drift, only in that streets aren't nearly as long in Tokyo. Yeah, they got to know how to drift. Yeah, that's like L.A. is like oh, it's for, like there's those long lines of lights. We can race here because it's just like we it, the races were so fucking boring. Green light on the highway. Sorry, red light. The, red line on the highway. Green light on the freeway. Baby, hey, hey, hey. What's that? West L.A. fade away. Check out the March 1990 West L.A. fadeaways. Those are hot. So. Look, yeah, we don't I'm, agree on everything. All right, I'm, I'm asking. We got right, Okay, we got to wrap this fucking episode up. Yeah. We're fast. We're fucking livid. We got to find you out what happens to these truckers. The fast and the livid. The fast and the livid. All right, so let's make our some show would be the farts and the livid. We haven't done predictions in a while. Okay. Um, too fast, too furious. Wait, you've seen it? Oh, so long ago. Okay, well, I'm like predict, 15 years ago. Um, the cop story's gone. He chooses to become a part of this group. The familia. It's not really a group. It's more of a family. It's more of a team. It's all about family. At this point, it's a team. Um, and yeah, they're uh, they're going to do some more racing. Every second you talk is the second I'm not eating a bagel. And Let's I go eat a bagel. You. We got the pre-roll going, baby. I have this one. Pre-roll. What do I have? Hold on. Because I'm pre, pre-rolling, rolling, because he's pre-rolling, because he's pre. How do I see my orders? There it is. He's a good boy. Podcasts about movies. Watch track films. And The Fast and the Furious too. He's got a podcast co-host, a French guy named Charles from France Town, way across the sea, cause they're pre, pre-rolling, rolling, cause I'm pre I have the, uh, audio. Somewhere Tom Petty in heaven or hell. I don't know what Tom Petty did. I have the audio. T- we may never know. It. Audio Technica ATR 2100. 
That's a good mag. Should I try that next time? Is that better than the MPC? Well, the Sennheiser is built with Sennheiser. Sort of, Sennheiser is built with by Werner Herzog himself with German specificity yeah. in a way that we can only begin to imagine. I'm going to tweak the mids a little bit. I'm going to tweak the mids a little bit. I'm going <gasps> to tweak, tweak, tweak the mids Holy a little bit. Fuck! I've never seen him do his. It's job going to sound before. better now because I'm doing my job oh better. My God, you still sound weird because you're a man. Okay, talk again. I refuse. She refuse. What um, the French? The French are always refusing stuff. Yeah, I like the Europeans for a while. were like, "I shall not." Everyone's like, "Wow, fuck, he's not gonna." Yeah, he's not gonna do it. <laughs> that's their big play. He's like, "I shall not." <laughs> I mean, that's because all of Europe is being forced to do things you don't want to do. Yeah, it's called the the friggin' eurozone. Yeah, that's what it's called. <laughs> Brexit stood up to that. All right, this pre roll is getting too long. We got you can't throw, can don't throw away this? a second of this. I'm not. No one Great. listens to this, so it doesn't matter. I could the pre roll or the show. Not sure. 